skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Okay, so you said you wanted to start with a story? Or do you want me to introduce you first? <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, sports talk power hour with... <laughs> with, uh... Fucking... Shit, what was your name? Captain Death. No, 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 no. no. It was, uh... <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. No, it's DJ uh, DJ Softball Tiptoes, and I am Rocky Hockey. Am I supposed to know what he's talking about? D- DJ, what's my name? You are DJ Softball Tiptoes. DJ Softball Tiptoes? And what is your name? I'm Rocky Hockey. Rocky Hockey, here for the, what is, Sports Power Hour? Sports Talk Power Hour. Sports Talk Power Hour. So here on, uh... I don't, I don't know a fucking thing about sports, dude. <laughs> Didn't something top happen with uh, Tom Brady today? Yeah, we're not doing uh, <laughs> Try not to scare you off too soon. That's the creepiest pasta of all, being forced <laughs> into a situation where I have to talk about sports for more than a minute. Well, I, would even, I don't even know if a minute would count, like less than 30 seconds usually, and I combust spontaneously. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to do sports. Oh. This is uh this is lots of pasta and I am your host Captain Death and I am here with uh Do you want to stick to <laughs> You DJ Softball Tiptoes? I am not DJ Softball Tiptoes. You could be DJ Softball Tiptoes. Do you want to be Rocky Hockey? <laughs> this is sports though. I didn't come prepared with a, a nickname. Uh, you need a nickname. You need a pseudonym. I'll be Rocky Hockey. You like Rocky Hockey? <laughs> It's kind of like Rocky Horror. That's kind of what I imagine. It's like, Rocky. I can just, at any point, I can just turn to you and be like, Rocky. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Rocky Hockey. <laughs> so, uh, so what, your your guy would, he would look like Tim Curry from, like, in the lingerie, but he's holding, like, a hockey stick. <laughs> is that Rocky Hockey? I guess so. <laughs> you talk his, it, right? <laughs> which is what? Rocky Hockey. Rocky Hockey. <laughs> Like with like gritted teeth, like I'm in an '80s action film. Rocky, like Clint Eastwood. Rocky, Rocky, you son of a bitch. <laughs> These Asians, <laughs> they're everywhere. Clint Eastwood's racist, right? These days, I'm sure. <laughs> not not so much talking to chairs anymore. That's for sure. That could have just been Gran Torino, though. It could be an act. His character, he was method acting. Or. It, he could just be a racist son of a bitch. I always figured that that's why that movie was good is because he was just acting like himself, you know? He's just, all oh, these black people and Asians everywhere. I just, uh, I, do I have a gun? Do I have a gun? I don't know. I don't fucking test me. Is my wife dead? Let's find out. Do I Asian still? The answer to all those questions is yes. Oh, fuck. Um... Okay, so now that we introduced you as Rocky Hockey, the uh, I just imagine uh, Jason Voorhees' retarded cousin, you know? <laughs> you both have the same hockey mask, but uh, but you're like maybe half the size of him. <laughs> really skinny and kind of pitiful looking. <laughs> Not Jason. You want to start with a story? 
Oh, I do have a movie pitch. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You wanted to pitch a movie. Yeah. So if you don't, if you're not interested at all, I urge you to skip ahead about five minutes. No, no. Everyone is forced to slog through whatever bio I so choose to put through this channel. <laughs> all right. So anybody's welcome to make this happen. If you have the power to make this happen, I'm all for it. You're not calling exclusive rights. No. You're not even wishing to be credited. You're just hoping someone at some point in the history of time and space actually does this. It would be amazing. So, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Last Man on Earth. If you've seen that, then you know like the premise with the virus. Like Everybody's dead except these group. Yeah, a small group of people. In that case, in the show, it's a comedy. There's not bodies everywhere. In this case, there will be piles of bodies everywhere. Because naturally, you know, in that kind of event, you know, it's weird that there isn't dead bodies everywhere. Correct. Just being realistic. It's revealed that he buried his parents, but like, not... There's not enough people alive to bury everybody. I don't know where the bodies are. Anyway, so you find out within five minutes of the movie beginning that Mike Tyson is alive. He's in Austria. Also, just sends out a message on like Reddit or what last like how does the, how how do you find out? Is it a video or? Oh, it's a video. You see him like trotting around Austria. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a Mike Tyson impersonation. Like, hey everyone, come get yourself to Austria. <laughs> is, that, is that accurate enough? Accurate enough. <laughs> um, also, Jack Black alive. <laughs> <laughs> Alive in LA. Um, <clears throat> so this is Zombieland? <laughs> Except not zombies, just everyone's dead. Kind of like Zombieland with pen pals, you know. Okay. They find out they're alive. So Jack Black yeah. finds out that Mike Tyson is alive. He's sending messages or whatnot. They gotta get, like, together, you know? But Mike Tyson just wants to fight. Jack Black just wants to make music. So, you know, Mike Tyson can't fight anybody. Nobody's there to listen to Jack Black's music. We're in a bit of a pickle. And I, I'd be, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Tenacious D, so I could, I could personally listen to Jack Black sing for, like, fucking hours. Never seen them live. Really wanted to, though. So Mike Tyson is making a vessel. He's going to one-man it over the ocean to L.A. He's not very geographically uh, adept, so he goes... So he ends, up in, he ends up in, like, uh, Russia or Europe? Oh, no, you're, you're... So he was trying to get here from west to our east coast, is what you're saying. He's going to land on the east coast instead of the west coast. So instead of going up through Russia, he goes past, like, Britain. That would also concern him kind of nearing... The fucking triangle. <laughs> I would watch a movie about Mike Tyson getting lost in the fucking triangle of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. So what what happens next? Because because I could I actually do see him manning his own boat. Oh, I gotta get up to that top sail. I need to pull down that top sail. <laughs> There's a lot of filler, a lot of beautiful director it's a shots. Movie full of montages. Yeah, pretty much. And then. Uh, Somewhere along the line, you know, Mike Tyson's nearing, nearing the United States. And you find out that Rob Schneider is behind the entire virus. So it's, It was from one of his movies, right? Was it? I know he was in The Animal. 
Now he's no, 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 no. I'm just saying one of his movies causes the virus. And that kills everyone. <laughs> no, you, he's more upset that, like, he's just a shitty actor. And he makes shitty movies, so he wants to kill everybody. So he does. Along Mike Tyson's uh, voyage, he invents this sort of instrument for Jack Black. And it's sort of like a, a punching bag horn. So, uh, a bagpipe. From Scotland. No, you like punch it and it makes like a horn, horn noise. So an Emmanuel air horn. Something like that. Uh, Jack Black's also working on another sort of instrument that also involves punching. It's more of a guitar. So, they're getting together. Punch things, which works well for both of them, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, well, so they meet each other. They're starting to beat, beat down on their... Jack Black's giving it a good gut punch, and they're just making awful music. But everyone starts coming back to life. What, through the power of, like, love, or...? Power of art, and music, and, music and punching and things. Violence. Yeah. And you find out, in a second surprise twist, the first... Obviously, being that Rob Schneider was killing everybody with the virus. I'm waiting for the second twist to be, well, Rob Schneider wasn't actually killing anyone with the virus. He just accidentally posed in a movie where he had to turn into a sandwich and tripped on something, and it was like a vial that caused patient zero. Just, I just, I'm a sandwich, and then he just runs into like a scientist who's just immediately like, no. I mean, you're close, but you're not giving Rob Schneider enough credit. Okay, okay, okay. I just think he's a pitiful human being, so that's why it's... Continue. So, it's irrelevant, but Adam Sandler is alive. Naturally, because if Rob Schneider's alive... They ate Kevin James. (laughs) Yeah. They ate Kevin James for sustenance and survive. It's just full of cupcakes and Subway. So they're making all their music, and it's shitty, but... They're doing it, and Rob Schneider reveals the fact that he kept Jack Black and Mike Tyson alive on purpose for the sole purpose of bringing everybody alive with the power of art and music. And now everybody has a better appreciation for death and art. So it's, it, it basically ends up being a love letter to Rob Schneider. <laughs> not, not really demeaning his career. A, a very uh, poignant pose uh, to really catch the critic's eye for Rob <laughs> Schneider. This is a really heartfelt role that he's going to take on. The only downside is Nicolas Cage stays dead. But he gets a scene. I just, I see this being a very shit chance to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and he dies. And he, he dies. He does it, but he dies. It's just a clip from National Treasure. <laughs> So there, there are a couple, there are a couple issues I see with this script. I, I just Mike Tyson's acting is terrible. Is that kind of the point? I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to be good. But we'd watch so much of him, you know, climbing K two to get back to fucking civilized nation. Yeah, but is that really acting? Like, <laughs> does he need to have a script? He does. He actually doesn't have to say. <laughs> he actually doesn't Why need to everybody s- dance <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I see the appeal now I just uh they're both kind of old too and I don't see this movie being made in the next 30 years that means they're both going to be like 70 by the time this, this hits theaters 
And Adam Sandler would probably be dead by then. <laughs> Why do you think Adam Sandler's gonna be dead? <laughs> or Rob Sch- Actually, I would be surprised if Rob Schneider doesn't die somewhere in the next 30 years. Uh, something. Uh, you know, they're gonna die in some kind of terrible car accident just because David Spade just kept talking about his career to everyone. <laughs> if Farley were here, if Farley were here, none of this shit would have happened. Oh, I feel like uh, this movie could start off like this is the end for like... Grown up th- done growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a grown ups three. That's how the movie could start. Is like a big grown ups three cop out where they get together to film the third movie and they indirectly cause the apocalypse. So the rest of the movie is like a this is the end for the Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler troupe. Woo! Where they have to contact Jack Black and Mike Tyson, essentially. I like this. <laughs> Do you think this is possible? Uh who can I contact? I was going to say, take this to Kickstarter. All right, all right. Get, like, a really nice video done. Spend all of your, like, college you hours the, putting a fucking video. Oh, millions. millions Ma- you're going to need millions. For, like- Surprise appearance from uh, Terry the Tickler. He's, uh, he's just here playing Killer7 in my basement. He's never played it before, and he's, he's struggling on a couple of these puzzles, I noticed. You're dead! Okay. Yeah. So that's so he's here, but he's not gonna, you know, contribute until maybe this has the last story. He'll just read. Just gonna formally apologize for that twenty minute. Uh... <laughs> no, let's see, let's see where you were. Yeah, it was twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of possible. I mean, I guess that that counts as an apocalypse film, though. Yeah. Which is about you know like terror and horror and you know death as a wide concept. And also love. And also love and art. And death. And death. So this is Lots of Pasta, and this is where we read the creepy pastas. I have a uh, Rocky Hockey. Rocky! See, the thing about the thing about Terry the Tickler trying to play Killer7 is this is a very sound-heavy game, and I refuse to put the sound on while we're recording, so he's having, he's having some trouble, but it's comical, at least to watch. He's, he's gotten pretty far in the first level, so I mean, I can't say he's doing too terrible. So this is lots of possible. We're just going to start reading some creepy pastas. So this, uh, this, all these stories on this episode are going to be, well, most of them are going to be from a Tumblr called The Other Side. And um, what I noticed is they have like five years of material and most of them are really short. So this one, this first one that uh, Rocky Hockey is going to read is The Taxi. <laughs> all right, The Taxi. When I stepped outside of the tube station... It was raining heavily outside. I opened my umbrella and started walking, but something was wrong. The atmosphere was somehow very unpleasant. Strange. Every single person I walked past didn't have an umbrella over them. Everyone was silent and looking grim, and they walked on, all facing the same direction. Then suddenly, a taxi stopped by, and the driver put out his hand and beckoned me to come over. I gestured to him that I didn't need a taxi, but the taxi driver said, Come on, get in. He was so insistent that I had to give in. Besides, I wanted to get away from this unpleasant atmosphere. Later, the driver, pale-faced, said to me, Well, you know, when I saw you walking as if you were trying to avoid bumping into people on Nimster Street, I thought I should help you. So he was uh, seeing the dead. Is that it? I think so. He was seeing some kind of shadow people or something. 
Oh, okay. Now I get it. He's like, I saw you walking on an empty street. I saw you walking on that empty street. And I said, get, get in my car. <laughs> That'll be about 350. <laughs> that's that's how he <laughs> that's how he gets he makes his living he just tells people <laughs> like i just thought i'd get you in my car and <laughs> now give me five dollars <laughs> uh this one is also from the other side uh this next one is called tourist trap in rural wisconsin there's an old abandoned park built in the 1920s, it served as the town's gathering place for everyone. That is, until a newly developed train and tunnel for tots ride was installed in 1932. A tunnel for tots? <laughs> Sounds like a Ronald McDonald rape alley. <laughs> it was an innocent looking childish train with one main mechanized head car with three small trolleys pulled behind it. It went around some loops before going into a small tunnel. But this is where the story gets weird. There were numerous cases of child deaths that year, all of them happening after the child rode on the train system. Some kids went missing in that short tunnel about 10 feet, and others went comatose after leaving. One, upon exiting, was found to be dead. Her dress was covered in what looked like small bloody handprints. Some killed themselves by scratching at their throats until they bled out and one of them even killed another child before hanging herself with razor wire at the family's farm. Ooh, razor wire. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Ooh, razor wire. I'm not playing popcorn. We just read individual stories. Come on. Come on up. Popcorn? <laughs> God damn it. Ooh, razor wire. The park was closed, and the town's popularity as a tourist town plummeted. Recently, a team of scientists were sent out to the park. They taped a video camera to the train and put a new intern in with it before sending it on its way down the tracks. When the train left the tunnel, it was empty, except for the camera. The last ten seconds were nothing but static, save for the sound of children laughing. I like that. That was good. This is uh, the end, also from the other side, Tumblr. Take it away, Rocky. All right, let's get it going. On his way home that night, as he walked through town, a man stepped out of the alley in front of him. He tends to defend himself, but the man just stood there, looking him over. He realized the man looked like a hippie. Something of a comedy character of a hippie, really. Long, unwashed hair and beard sandals and a sandwich board reading that he thought was unusual even for a hippie you want something he asked the world is ending said the hippie i need your help ian mckellen (laughs) where's uh where's xavier (laughs) (laughs) fuck you went the other way with it that's okay (laughs) Fly, you fools. <laughs> he, st- <laughs> he stepped around the hippie and wa- started... <laughs> Damn it. The fucking Ian McKellen thing got me right now. <laughs> he stepped around the hippie and kept walking. High as a kite, he thought to himself. The hippie started walking after him and fell into step behind him. Please, I need your help, said the hippie. We must destroy the ring! <laughs> Look, man. 
I'm really not interested, he said and kept walking. The hippie leant against a wall, watching him walk away. The hippie wasn't at all disappointed. Lots of people gave this kind of response. Another skeptic, he thought to himself, fingering the... <laughs> He's fingering. Fingering the ragged holes through his middle... <laughs> fingering the ragged holes through the middles of his hands. That's really just like a live... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a someone. This happened to someone. And he was like, "I'm gonna write about it and put it on, put it on Tumblr." This is just a weird uh, encounter. Yeah, a guy, a guy who thought the world was ending. I guess he was implying, like, I guess the author implies that uh, the hippie was right. You know, for once, he didn't seem all that crazy. You know, Ian McKellen. I make fireworks out of my thing. <laughs> Yeah, he says that in the movie. <laughs> what is a uh, Gandalf? This will be a night to remember. <laughs> Give me some of that Harvard hash. <laughs> I'm a well-known sexual advocate. <laughs> you take a puff of my ganja. What do they call it? A uh, gillyweed. <laughs> no, that's Harry Potter. Fuck. All right. So this is uh, <coughs> fuck. <coughs> Checking on Terry the Tickler real quick. How you doing over there? I'm playing Kevin. What's Kevin's catchphrase? I like that. <laughs> yeah. So this is a creepy pasta. This is called the Expressionless. I actually uh. This one was recommended to me by multiple people. In June 1972, a woman appeared in Cedar Sinai Hospital in nothing but a white blood-covered gown. Now this in itself should not be too surprising as, as people often now have accidents nearby and come to the nearest hospital for medical attention, but there were two things that caused people who saw her to vomit and flee in terror. She had the ugly. First being that she wasn't exactly human. She resembled something close to a mannequin, but had the dexterity and fluidity of a normal human being. Her face was as flawless as a mannequin's, devoid of eyebrows, and smeared in makeup. There was a kitten clamped in her jaws so unnaturally tight that no teeth could be seen, and the blood was still squirting out over her gown and onto the floor. She then pulled it out of her mouth, tossed it aside, and collapsed. From the moment she stepped through the entrance to when she was taken to a hospital room and cleaned up before being prepped for sedation, she was completely calm, expressionless, and motionless. The doctors thought it was best to restrain her until the authorities could arrive, and she did not protest. They were unable to get any kind of response from her, and most staff members felt too uncomfortable to look directly at her for more than a few seconds. But the second the staff tried to sedate her, she fought back with extreme force. Two members of staff had to hold her down as her body rose up on the bed with that same blank expression. She turned her emotionless eyes towards the male doctor and did something unusual. She smiled. As she did, the female doctor screamed and let go out of shock. In the woman's mouth were not human teeth, but long, sharp spikes. Too long for her mouth to close fully without causing any damage. The male doctor stared back at her for a moment before asking, What in the hell are you? Ian McKellen. She cracked her neck down to her shoulder to observe him, still smiling. There was a long pause. The security had 
<laughs> Put those calves away, man. There was a long pause. The security had been alerted and could be heard coming down the hallway. As he heard them approach, she darted forward, sinking her teeth into the front of his throat, ripping out his jugular and letting him fall to the floor, gasping for air as he choked on his own blood. She stood up and leaned over him, her face coming dangerously close to his as the life faded from his eyes. She leaned closer and whispered in his ear, I am God. The doctor's eyes filled with fear as he watched her calmly walk away to greet the security men. His last ever sight would be watching her feast on them one by one. The female doctor who survived the incident named her the Expressionless. There was never a sighting of her again. There she goes again. There she goes again. There she goes again. Clear his throat. Now it's all ready for you. This one's called, uh, if you want to introduce it. Upstairs. Also from the, uh, the other side, Tumblr. Toast. The acronym. Ooh, here we go. When I was a child, my family moved to a big old two-floor house with big empty rooms and creaking floorboards. Both my parents worked, so I was often alone when I came home from school. One early evening, when I came home, the house was still dark. I called out, Mom! And I heard her sing-song voice say, Yes! From upstairs. That italics really got me. The yes! I called her again as I climbed the stairs to see which room she was in, and got the, the same from upstairs. We were decorating at the time, and I didn't know my way around the maze of rooms, but she was in one of the far ones right down the hall. I felt uneasy, but I figured that was only natural, so I rushed forward to see my mom, knowing that her response would calm my fears, as a mother's presence always does. Just as I reached for the handle on the door to let myself into the room, I heard the front door downstairs open and my mother call, Sweetie. Are you home? Sweetie! I jumped back, startled, and ran down the stairs to her. But as I glanced back from the top of the stairs, the door to the room slowly opened a crack. For a brief moment, I saw something strange in there. I don't know what it was, but it was staring at me. It uh, could have been a skin changer, you know? This is the news bulletin from the other side. News balloon uh, from Toast. About 10 years ago, I turned on the TV around 2.30 a.m. Sure enough, all I saw on the screen were color bars, and there was no sign of anything coming up soon. I was about to give up and go to bed when suddenly the color bars disappeared from the screen, and some place that looked like a dumping ground appeared instead. Together, with the image, the words NNN the News Bulletin popped up at the top. For a while, the screen continued to show the same dumping ground viewed from a distance. I carried on watching it, wondering what it was. Soon a lot of names started appearing, moving slowly up from the bottom of the screen. Like end credits of a movie. And a, and a monotonous voice read out these names one by one. So it went on for the next five minutes or so against a quiet, gloomy music in the background. Finally, when all the names had been said, the voice announced, They are tomorrow's victims. Good night. Ever since then, I'm too scared to watch anything on TV past midnight, and no one has ever believed my story either. Spoopy. We're gonna get spoopy in here tonight. Let's hear the tickler's clapping his heels in approval. 
Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> we're switching over to troll pasta we're taking a 180 degree fucking backflip right now we're getting spoopy we're gonna start with a funny one it's i think it's four different retellings of the same story over and over again but it's told differently each time uh it's called the tales doll curse uh making fun of sonic the hedgehog for all you lovers out there but i've never played sonic r no that's not the point you just gotta run with the story dude ever played sonic r no, I have not. End of story, right? <laughs> no, fucking continue. Possibly a small percent of you have heard of the Tails doll. Here's one of the stories I have heard from my close friend. A man came home from work with a gift for his son. He had picked up a new video game for him, Sonic R, which I have never played. It was a racing game, and when he gave his son the gift, he was so excited to get it and play it right away. Hot dog. That night, he played the game with his son, and they had a great time. A couple of days later, the boy was almost finished with the game. His dad was there in his room when he beat the last boss. And he roared with excitement when he finally did it. He smiled and asked him how he liked the game as he watched the credits screen. What was that? He asked the boy when the Tails doll appeared on the screen. The boy said it was the Tails doll. That was all he knew. He told his son... It was time for bed. During the night, the curious father went into the boy's room, turned on the TV very quietly, played the game for a while himself. He noticed that he now had the option to play as Hillstall. He chose him to tag up with some of the game. <laughs> the game was fun until he tagged up with Sonic. The screen went black and the game shut itself off. The man decided it was time for him to go to sleep since he had to work in the morning. So he crept out of the sunroom, went to lay in bed with his wife. At around 2 a.m., he woke up when he heard the thumps on his door. <laughs> he told the boy, Stop! Go back to bed, you dingus! The thumping kept happening, and at one point, he noticed a little shadow coming from under the door. Tails kept popping in his head. He got out of the bed very slowly, opened the door, and then he heard someone say very softly, You're coming with me forever! It was a doll. An evil blood-covered, possessed little doll. It was the doll from the game it had to bear. Here's another version. Once upon a time, there was a little boy who lived in California and loved to play the game Sonic R on a Sega Saturn console. Apparently, the video game was cursed. He had unlocked Tails Doll in the game. He played a game mode called Tag Race and used Tails Doll to tag Tails, Metal Sonic, Metal Knuckles, and Super Sonic. That night, his TV froze and he saw Tails Doll on the screen going back and forth. He jumped out and killed the poor little kid. How to do the Tails Doll curse? Go in the bathroom and turn off your lights. Go to YouTube and view Can You Feel the Sunshine backwards? <laughs> Living in the city backwards. There will be a red light in the mirror. <laughs> This is another version. Okay. This doll is no ordinary doll. This doll is pure evil. People make video about it. Wikipedia and other stuff. The Tails doll. To summon them, you must play the Sonic R game. 100% complete. Play as the Tails doll. When playing the tag mode, you will see Super Sonic. When you tag him, something strange will happen. The screen will change. What picture? Or Tails doll. You will see him standing on a red checkered floor. You might be hearing a song called 
Can you feel the love tonight? If you see a red light, don't go near it. It's the Tails doll. It might kill you. Or it will give you a curse. It will give bad luck. This is the last version. On my seventh birthday, I got Sonic Gems Collection, which included Sonic R. I loved that game until I was playing as Tails doll tagged for characters mode, and the screen went black when I tagged Super Sonic. I thought it was just a glitch from all the scratches on the disc, so I shut the game off and cleaned off the disc and put it away. The next day, I tried again, and this time, a picture of TD popped up with him floating over some red checkered tile with, can you feel a s- <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? Playing. I was creeped out at that point, so I turned off the game and went to bed. The next morning, I hopped onto Google and looked up strange glitches on Sonic R, and the story of the Tails doll curse came up. The glitches matched up perfectly with the curse. I now knew what was going on. I also looked at ways of summoning him and found the following. Why does- <laughs> they know what the curse is! Why does this keep happening to people? I also looked at ways of summoning him and found the following. Go into the bathroom after 11 p.m. and turn out the lights. Play, can you feel the Lord In reverse. Then, living in the city. Also in reverse. Wait five minutes. If you did it right, a red diamond will appear in the mirror. I took my recorder and recorded the songs I needed for the night to come. I also played Sonic R until about 11.30 so I could watch the time. 11 finally came. I played the songs and waited five minutes. Sure enough. I was stunned to see him. He sat there, by my head, staring right into my eyes, motionless. And I was staring. I slowly reached out to touch his ear, and he quickly smacked my hand away, then let his red gem illuminate his face. His bloody, bloody face shan't be forgotten. Then he whispered into my ear, Can you feel the I can't. Never. And just as suddenly as he came, the doll was gone. Hold up. Hold up one second. Did you say if you do this, you get a red diamond? Yeah. That could be worth a pretty penny. I might do this. We should do this. I don't. Nope. Both get a red diamond. <laughs> I'm good, because, you know. The, what you're receiving, what you seem to be missing about this story is that the first 75% of the story was about people dying from doing this, and only the last 25% was about someone being successful, and even then it said nothing about keeping a diamond. So you're saying we have like a 25% chance to survive and cash in that diamond? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And if statistics are true, then with the two of us, that would be like a... 50% chance of succeeding. So I'm going to read uh, <laughs> A Haunting Most Mario. This is a video game troll pasta. This I have played. I have never played Sonic R before. But I've You've played, played Mario. I've played Most Mario. Once I wanted to play Mario, but I didn't have a Nintendo for it, and I was at a flea market. This old man I saw had Mario and a Nintendo Entertainment System, but the label was not there. The man said it was owned by a dead kid named Jim. I just said whatever, because I was eager to play Mario on my own new NES. I plugged it in, and everything seemed normal. I played World 1-1 and did it. And I tried the old warp pipe trick, 
And when I got to the pipes, and instead of the usual text that said, Welcome to the warp zone, it said, Welcome to the scary hell place! I thought that was weird. I said, whatever. And used the farthest pipe. The intro screen showed the words, DEATH WORLD 666! The graphics seemed off, and it sounded like screams happened from the game. It was super scary, but I wasn't scared. I kept playing. After a while, I hit a place that was impossible to pass because of spikes, so I had to die. I kept trying until my lives were at zero. I thought it was game over, but Mario came back and this time it looked like his face was bloody. As I started playing level, I turned to a hidden cloud level, and it looked like Mario had angel wings. A spooky digital voice came out of the Nintendo that sounded like it said, No hope! As I was about to grab a mushroom, the screen went black. I reset the NES, and the game came up. This time the title screen was different, and Mario's face was bloody. It scared me so much that I reset it again. <laughs> As it came on, the digital voice said, You can't run from the funk! The screen was hyper-realistic, and it showed Mario again, only this time his face was me and my family's face, and we were skeletons. It was so realistic I couldn't believe it. I was compelled to try the game again this time I started it. As the first Goomba walked towards Mario, Mario turned towards the screen and started screaming, NO MAS! NO MAS! It sounded like high quality CD audio, also blast process. I screamed and turned off the game. I put it away. Later that week I noticed my family acting distantly. I decided to research Mario games, and I found out that Mario was in a secret game that was only realized. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's just sick. He was like, man, spooked out. That audio is great. Later that week, I noticed my family acting distantly. I decided to research Mario games, and I found out that Mario was in a secret game that was only released in two arcades on Friday the 13th on June 6th, 1997. It seemed so weird, so I played video games again. I decided to put in the Mario game again. I loaded it up, and I saw my save file. I clicked it, and Mario said, Why are you a Noah stopper playing my game? I didn't take his warning, and I played anyway. I got up to Bowser, and I won. But when I got to Peach, there was Toad there instead, and he said, Peach is dead. <laughs> then a ghost face came up, and it had a lady's face, and Princess Peach is a lady. I reset the game for the last time. I opened up my save and it changed my f from my name. It said, Jim died, bro. <laughs> then my mom walked in and she screamed. I was dead the whole time and guess what? My name was Jim. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced anything like that. It might have just been a bad dream. And anyway, my mom sold the cartridge at a yard sale, so I don't have it anymore. But you should believe it because it's true. This one's called, uh, Repercussions of Evil. Video game troll pasta. Video game TP. John Stalvern waited. The lights above him blinked and sparked out of the air. There were demons in the base. He didn't see them, but had expected them now for years. His warning to Cernal Johan were not listened to, and now it was too late. Far too late for now, anyway. John was a space marine for 14 years. 
When he was young, he watched the spaceships, and he said to Dad, I want to be on the spaceships, Daddy. Dad oh, said, <laughs> Dad said, No, you won't be kill my demons. There was a time when he believed him. Then as he got older, he stopped. But now in the space station base of UAC, he knew there were demons. This is Johan, the radio cracker. You must fight the demons. So John godded his plasma rifle and blew up the wall. He's gonna kill us, said the demons. I will shoot at him, said the cyber demon. <laughs> okay. Hold on, Johan. <laughs> Gotta give him like a robot voice, I guess he's a cyber demon. I will shoot at him. Oh, said this. <laughs> Just keep that part. I'm gonna read it. Said the cyber demon. And he fired the rocket missiles. John plasmid at him and tried to blow him up, but the ceiling fell and they were trapped and not able to kill. No, I'm a demon. The radio said, No, John. You is demons. And then John was a zombie. Crazy story. You know it's based off of Doom, right? That's why it's a video game pasta. Did, you didn't know that? I didn't know. I, I never played Doom. All right, this is going to be the last story here with uh, Rocky. So this last video game pasta is called the scariest video game ever. Troll pasta. I just finished playing one of the scariest vid- actually scariest is in caps. I just finished playing one of the scariest video games ever. <laughs> now hear me out before saying, oh he's probably just a fag that gets scared of everything. I don't get scared of video games or movies. I've played many survival horror games and have seen many horror movies in my day. The only thing that made me just a tiny bit scared were some parts of Penumbra and Condemned. Amnesia was pretty good. Everything else was just boring. This game was different. Varies in all caps. VERY <laughs> different. You aren't given any sort of backstory to the game at all. As soon as you press play, it throws you right into the game. However, I was able to piece together that the story basically is through finally beating this little brick shitter. Apparently, you're a madman. We're never given the name, but you can guess what it is if you pay attention to the title screen. For some reason, you escaped from whatever mental hospital room you were hiding in. Now the very horrid state of your mind has transformed the halls of the hospital into nothing but a pitch black maze with the only light being the walls which glow a deathly blue. Your character is apparently some type of mad cannibal that you can barely control. You can force him to turn corners in the creepy hallway, but not much else can be done. Your character seems to grab anything and try to eat it. Whatever it is in front of him is thrown into his mouth and he munches it down. While playing the game, you're being chased by four hideous and fucking scary ghost monsters. You cannot hurt them at all. And to come even close to one is instant death in which the ghost latches onto you and rips you inside all, all while you hear the horrible noise of your body being torn. You can, however, eat some odd objects hidden in the maze, after which your character goes into an even more unstable state. You could literally EAT the ghost monsters. Your character runs right up to them and devours them, only leaving their eyes. There aren't any words to describe how horrific and terrifying this game is, and I don't want to spoil surprises for you. Just go ahead. 
and try it for yourself. Google the Google the word Pac-Man and you'll find it on the first search. Yo boys, check it out. It's the scariest video game ever. Ooh. Goblins fell backwards. Nilbog. So that's uh that's the end of the episode with a uh, Rocky. Rocky. Ah! Come over here. So how'd you feel about this with your first your first recording? I'm sure it's a major shit show. Yeah, no, it'll be good. <laughs> we have several levels of shit show to offer on lots of pasta. I would definitely think the order is soggy ragu with Franz McBoohoo, fecal spaghetti with Terry the Tickler. No, so. So this was a uh, this was lots of pasta. Any 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 final comments, uh, Terry the Tickler? There are just several levels of shit show within this show. <laughs> just people that I'm are a little <laughs> people are just a little all over the place. Skeleton. No, but like that's good. It's just some sometimes the shit shows. Are you are you little Debbie's little bites <laughs> mini bite muffins? No. That's my stage name. Eat a cheeseburger, you fucking helicopter. Oh. I want to be <laughs> notorious NIG. Okay, that. Nope, I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it right here. This is where the show ends. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this fucking wreck of an episode.